0: Welcome to the IH Podcast, where we profile fellows of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities here at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Philip Hollingsworth, coordinator for faculty programs. In this episode, communication specialist Melissa Clay speaks with history professor Kathleen Duval about her award-winning book, Independence Lost, Lives on the Edge of the American Revolution, which examines the Revolutionary War from the perspective of the colonial outsiders of the Gulf Coast. She also discusses why she loves teaching Carolina students and offers a book recommendation for fans of historical fiction.
1: This is Melissa Clay, public communications specialist at the Institute for the Arts and Humanities, and I am here with Kathleen Duvall, history professor here at UNC. Thank you, Kathleen, for joining me. Thank you, Melissa. I want to talk to you a little bit about your recent book, Independence Lost: Lives on the Edge of the American Revolution. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your book. So it's about a piece of the American Revolution that
2: people don't know much about. It takes place on the Gulf Coast of what's now the United States. And most people don't know that there were battles on the Gulf Coast between the Spanish on the one side and the British on the other. It really wasn't a place where there were American rebels, um, which I guess is why people don't know about it. But I use this unknown part of the American Revolution to show that the traditional story we know, we know about the American Revolution, the sort of rise of American independence and the spread of uh, voting rights and such to more and more people, It's part of the revolution, but it's not the whole part. So my book is called Mm -hmm. Independence Lost. And it shows some ways in which some people, some kinds of people, lost independence, lost particular rights, lost land as a result of the revolution. You
1: look especially at groups, uh, some of them marginalized, American Indians, women, uh, slaves, as well as British loyalists. And um, you weave in these different stories to tell the bigger story of the Revolutionary War as a – and something I never think of as a global war. Right.
2: right? That's right. Yeah. So I I chose this place because it's part of the United States today. But the American Revolution also was fought in India and Latin America and the Caribbean um, and Africa.
1: Besides – Working on this book, though, you you also teach. Uh, what are you teaching right now?
2: I teach um, the first half of the U.S. survey. I'm teaching that right now. It's um, I love teaching that. I get a lot of first years in there, and of course, you know, most of them are Americans. They know quite a bit of American history, but I'm able to do I think similar things in my teaching. The way that's what I try to do in my research and writing, mm-hmm. which is to say, students, you know, a lot about history, but here's some stuff you probably don't know and not only is it interesting to mm-hmm. learn new things about the past but it also changes the way you see the whole story. So today in my in my lecture class we were talking about the origins of slavery and I mm-hmm. said you can't think of it as 19th century slavery. It's different from that, but the roots of plantation antebellum slavery are there in the 1500s and 1600s. Right. And I'm going to show you the connection as well as how it was different.
1: As soon as I asked you about your teaching, you completely lit up. <laughs> what are your best moments in teaching? What what are the what are the rewards you feel when you're teaching?
2: I just feel so blessed to be Here with Carolina students, they are uh, smart and well-educated and ready to learn something new. And Mm -hmm. they follow me wherever I take them. And I just find every semester I get so many delights out of – I think one of my favorite things is having them read the first letter that Christopher Columbus wrote when he was coming back from his first – First trip to the Americas. So he lands in the West Indies, in the Caribbean. He, of course, thinks he's in Asia. He calls the people he meets Indians because he thinks it's the Indies. Mm-hmm. And so I have students read what he saw this very first time that a European wrote about the Americas. And he said some pretty surprising things. He says some things we expect. You know, we can find gold here, all these things. Here. Okay. But he also says these people are kind and... Smart, mm-hmm. And if we just bring them Christianity, they'll learn it. And he has lots of reasons for saying that. He wants to persuade the king and queen that this is a Christian endeavor as well as a money-making endeavor. Right. But he really believes it, too. And mm-hmm. and so I think one of the wonderful things is to get students in that, that mindset, which is so different both from what they expect of Columbus and what, who they are themselves and to understand how that is both exploitative and –
1: but maybe not exploitative in quite the way they think. Right, exactly. That's that's wonderful. As a writer of books, what do you like to read? What do you enjoy? So
2: what I really like to read most in my spare time is historical fiction. I think that... All the things I love about history and why I'm a historian, fiction writers can approach with more freedom, and I love to see what they have okay. to say, what they do with it. One of my uh, one of my graduate students who graduated a few years ago has become a fiction writer, and she has two books now about set in early America,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: I think is one of the proudest things of my career. She, oh, that's great! Yeah, what are the yeah.
1: names of the books?
2: My student, my former student, Katie Simpson Smith. Her most recent book is called Freeman, and it's about these three men, a Creek Indian, uh, an African slave, and a white man who sort of run away together. And so because she's a fiction writer, she gets oh. to imagine their conversations. Right. It's based on a real story, but something that a historian could maybe write a couple of paragraphs about. Mm-hmm. Yes, But a fiction writer can write a whole novel about right, it. Right. And it's just wonderful to see her take real stuff. And the things that you know we at Carolina had taught her about – Looking at different people in history and how they have different perspectives from each other, and understanding them in their own time and place—that's great. And then she makes it into a great
1: novel. Uh, yes, that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And how satisfying to have been yeah. part so of good. her learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so. That she's done all her own. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Thank you very much for joining. Oh, sure, it's and Thank you for taking the time it's nice to talk to you.
2: I'm so excited that you
1: all are doing this in your book club that's really cool oh yeah yeah <laughs> we're all got allison mark oh, great that's uh, tommy great. Philip, that's, good, good. we're Excellent. all reading this book that's good, so it's that's, that's, that's great it's a, it's great too because i mean it it's narrative so it's very i'm um, glad to hear that easier yeah. to yeah had somebody tell me history. recently
2: he, he was glad he made it past the introduction because he enjoyed it after that he found
1: the introduction
2: oh yeah the introductions are very
1: helpful good i think he didn't very, think so. oh he didn't think so <laughs> yeah i thought that the introductions were he very said helpful it gets more narrative after because it has the context I you think, know yeah. and i you introduce the players yeah. okay and good.
2: That, good good that, that's, that's very helpful. <laughs>
1: good all right Thanks. thank you so much thank you
0: Check back at ieh.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can also find all our episodes of the podcast on our website as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at IH underscore UNC.